Hello, this is Amory Williams from Public Words Project. I want to concentrate today on the audience contract, audience etiquette. And I want to talk about this today because part of public speaking and performing is 50% performer and speaker, and the other 50% is audience. And one cannot live without the other, whether it's live or electronic there has to be an audience for there to be communication given. So with this shared, I want to talk about what is your job as an audience member and what is audience etiquette? Audience etiquette is the acceptable audience behavior for a speech, performance, creative performance, concert. That's what audience etiquette is. It is this unspoken informal agreement you make when you RSVPS, RSVPS, or you pay for that ticket, or you show up to be a judge or a panel, or you show up to listen to someone give a speech, whether it's an intimate speech or a large-scale speech, this is the agreement you agree to. You also agree that the presenter will do his or her job and keep you engaged. So please understand that is the speaker's job, to keep you engaged. But as an audience member, it is your job to give that speaker a fighting chance. Um, so first off, it's let's just remember when you're in the audience, it's not about you. You agree to go to a speech or a presentation. You enter into that informal behavior contract. And it's really simple. Just listen. It's your job to listen. Interact when appropriate. And again, I'm going to keep saying this. It's not about you. Um, if you want attention, God bless you. I say let's get you on stage. You know, if you want attention... Let's get you behind the mic. Let's get you in front of the camera. Let's make it happen. But that's not your job when you're an, you're an audience member. So, so let's pay attention. It is, let's remember, it is the job of the speaker to keep you engaged. It is his or her job 100%. And if it's a bad speaker or a presentation, that's where we get into this really gray area. It's like, because everyone's time is valuable. What do you do next? Um... What do you do? I mean, if I'm in that situation, my time is valuable. I will find the most appropriate, most polite, politically correct way to, en to exit the room if it's not the best situation for me. Or I will excuse myself politely. But that's like, that is like the worst speaker, the worst performance ever. I have a high tolerance, but um, that's also part of the agreement. If you are not enjoying it, you do not have to stay. Um, uh also, when you're in an intimate area, you have to remember that everything you do is going to be seen by the people in the audience and by the speaker or the presenters. So it's your job to support them as best you can. Um, the, you know, and the new thing with technology, um, it takes a lot of discipline to keep the phone out of the audience member's purview. And especially when it starts getting slow, because and especially when you're a businesswoman or a businessman and you and and you have family, the phone is now the connection to safety, to, to productivity, to money. So we, it takes a lot of discipline to practice to not have the phone involved. But understand, every time you look down at the phone and someone's speaking, that speaker sees the top of your head. They see your gray, the part in your hair. <laughs> they see the sheen of your, if you have no hair, the, the baldness of your scalp. So um, just remember when you're in an intimate situation, especially with students, Try and try to stay off your phone because it can, for a new public speaker, it's, it's a lot. It is really a lot to handle. Um, 
but I made my point and you got it. You got it. Um, the thing, next thing I want to talk about is like, if you're on a panel or you're doing a Q and a, or you're asked to be in a panel to judge, or there's a, there's a speaker situation and there's a Q and a afterwards, you have a job there also as a judge, as a panelist, as a uh, judge who's asked to give their, their input. And as an audience member, if there is a Q&A, you have a job to do also. There's an etiquette and a contract you've entered also. I'm going to give you an example of something that drives me crazy. And this is just me. I'm not speaking for anybody else. This is just me. But here in Los Angeles, we often have films. And, it's, and we have films with Q&A after because a lot of the filmmakers and industry live here in Los Angeles and the in-runs of Los Angeles. So when you have someone speak, you can very easily have uh, the producer the director or the actors come up and, and speak right after the film. I run like there's a fire when someone's like, oh, let's go see a movie. There's a Q&A afterwards. I don't enjoy them because I don't get any information out of them. I am a geek. I love getting info. But what happens here, and this has happened to me, and I'm speaking from my personal experience, that, and it is validated because I've gone through it. <laughs> what happens here in Los Angeles is there will be a film and then they have Q&A afterwards and people tend to get up and give their bio of everything they've done in the film industry or in the theater or the stand-up comedy experience. They will just tell you their life story as quickly as they can and they never get to the question. Or they give you the bio and then they um, ask some question that's not even close to the subject. That drives me nuts. Um, or someone gets up and they ask four questions. Well, you can look at it two ways. You're either being very generous because you're giving the panelist an option <laughs> to choose from, or um, you're not very clear in your thinking and you want to end and you just are giving too many questions. It is our job when we're asking questions to ask the best question possible. I'm not saying if it's a good question or a bad question. I'm saying the best question possible for you in that situation. Pick one, ask that question, make it easy for the speaker. Um, so they can, so that, you know, they, they're up there. They have to process your question and collect information as quickly as possible and give you the best answer they can. Um, when you give them four or five questions, it is really tough when you're up there on the microphone trying to figure out which question you're going to answer or if you're, you're going to answer all four. And if there's not a facilitator, it can get kind of unruly. Um, uh, so that's my, that's my, my suggestion as part of the etiquette. When you're in a Q and a, just ask the best question you can just ask once, just give your name and what you do. Give your name. I'm Jane Doe. I'm a writer. I'm a big fan of yours. I'd love to meet with you afterwards. Here's my question. Don't give me like every spec script you've ever written. Cause trust me, you're not going to get moved forward with it. Um, if anything, it's going to move you down the list of, uh, making any kind of contact. Um, and also realize it is just basically taken away from the rest of the audience. When you take a lot of time asking a question, um, or making comments, you're taking away from the rest of the group. You're taking, you're saying, I'm more important than you are. My question's more important and my need for attention is grander than your need. So, um, uh, that's what's, that's what's going to happen. And right now someone's car alarm is pulling from my attention, pulling my attention. Um, so I know I'm being kind of didactic and kind of like um, on the pulpit, but I'm sharing this information because it's so important to be a very good, very effective audience member. And it just makes it a pleasant experience for everybody.
and also, here's the last part. When you're in a Q&A uh, or a panel and you're a judge and you're giving input, it is so valuable to give concise feedback. So when you're asked to be a judge on a panel and you're asked a question, be concise. Be concise, please, in your response because talking in a circular manner, saying the three things over and over again really takes away from your credibility and it really takes time away from someone else asking a question. I always go back to the word Ubuntu. I am because we are. Because we live in a community and when you're in a situation where you have a captured audience, captured speakers, captured students asking for input, it is your job as a professional to give concise information and giving concise information will build your reputation beyond your own knowledge. You will not even know how much people respect you because you give concise information. It just shows how effective and efficient and professional you are and how knowledgeable you are because you can give this information. One, two, three, bam. If you want to ramble on, you can create your own podcast where you can do so. <laughs> and that's me. Um, so just remember when you're in a panel or you're in an audience and you're asking questions and, and you're giving an answer back, ask your questions in an effective manner and respond in an effective manner. And when you're giving your introduction to validate why you're there, be concise and credible. I really don't want to hear that you're, uh, all the countries you lived in, every state you've been in, every job you've had. Um, cause what starts happening, don't forget 15 seconds to 30 seconds is what the capture of someone's attention on social media. It's close to that when someone's speaking to you and they start rambling on, when someone starts rambling on, even with my concentration, I have to struggle to listen. And then after a while, I just stop. Um, I was in a situation on Monday where this, this gentleman, uh, gave me his life story. And I don't remember much <laughs> except that North Carolina is all that sticks out in my head from that conversation. And he spoke for a long time. And you know what? I didn't really pay attention to him after that because he, I saw that he needed a lot of attention and I don't have time to give someone that kind of attention. And again, if you have that kind of attention need or you have that need, let's get you on stage. Let's get you in front of a camera. Let's get you behind the mic. And you can share your gospel, your word, your, your vanity, your uh, credibility that way. Um, so the takeaway from this is don't take away from the group or the speakers. Again, if you want to be the center of attention, let's get you on stage. And let's remember, we're in a we're in an audience etiquette contract when we enter into a room where there's live performances. And let's remember that so we can give the, the speaker, the performer, the best chance to succeed because when that speaker and performer succeeds, we all get to really relish in the joy and the generosity and the happiness of enjoying something so creative, so wonderful and empowering. And that's the takeaway that we get to go home with and live with in our artistic minds, in our minds. We get to remember the great Etta James song. We get to remember the great Martin Luther King speech. We get to, um, Get to remember very smart, kind words coming from very gentle souls that can help us move our life forward. So again, it's public speaking performance. It's a two-way street, performer and audience. Let's get it done and have a great week. And next time you're in an audience, enjoy the etiquette and the contract and enjoy the performance and the speech and have a great rest of the week. Thank you.
Bye.